expectancy by five years at the cost of never having a hug with anybody outside your household again, never going in public again, never traveling again, never singing with other people again, never going to a festival and dancing with others again. Would you do it? I'm weary of appearances we fake. Eerie as the pyramids, a myriad of apes Delirious complacency turns furious today I'm standing up for life, no longer fear to disobey So this is what happens when you demonize the heretics And label half the neighborhood as motherfucking terrorists Don't forget your parasites are gonna need somewhere to live You can call it virtue, I can call it signaled arrogance You'll pretty soon they'll be injecting us with telomeres We'll all be alright if we just switch the man to weapon ears And if you're in a muzzle, are you really gonna face the mirror? The more that we're dependent, the more that we commission this Tell me where your lines lie and tell me where your limit is Our self-dependent culture's fine with all these social distances The ones who love the lockdowns don't own the fucking businesses Those we call crazy are controlled opposition Preaching safety like the science is religion Consider that we're maybe bought and sold by a system That's convinced us that the sky is falling down upon the chickens I dream of school, I guess that I'm a mystic I guess that there's no point for us to look at the statistics I guess that there's no void in printing trillions is limitless just listen to the experts, dog. There's clutter in the chatter, and it's hard to see it clearly. It's almost like we research it by just asking Siri. I'm a shadow ban myself, kind of like they did to Leary. Based on what I've seen, asymptomatic transfers just a theory. Because really, they're afraid of you and me. Not prepared to write a eulogy. Beautifully arranged in ways we choose to be. Suitably engaged for this phase of the Jubilee. And truthfully debating how we'll reach this herd immunity. So cancel me and do us all a solid, man. All I'm trying to do is wave the fucking olive. Branch. I like to think that life is like a lava lamp And empires rise and fall as Merkaba's laugh So cancel me or I'ma flip the hourglass The time has come to take the fucking power back And no one has the right to tell you how to act Colder than a miracle on ice and you can count on that This woke culture stuck inside a screen Propping up ourselves and dumbing down society I'm over all these vultures and their new designer jeans I'm only getting mad at culprits if they work behind the scenes Now ask yourself if this movement is natural Redesigning basic needs as if this shit is casual Not everyone's designed to take a government sabbatical And UBI is bound to come with strings attached collateral There's no animals grazing on our public lands There's no rational invasion with guns attached There's no actual amazement when the sun is dim Running back to Babylon, I'm on a sunken ship This is spiritual warfare with a modern twist And ignorance over confidence Just mask the deficit, put it on the kids While we weaponize the sedentary populace Now what the fuck is a democracy When half of us are silenced in a debt-based economy Just keep on manifesting idiocracy Soon enough we'll all forget the meaning of a robbery Technocrats buying all the farmland and property Rigging every angle to extend their monopolies Fitting ways to strangle out the freedom and philosophy Cheating with an age-old allegiance to hypocrisy But the prophecy is consciousness and prodigy And I believe that these atrocities have gotta leave Harmonize hell with high velocity And sodomize yourself but don't expect divine comedy I'm probably getting cancelled but I'm playing every slot machine I am not mechanical and this is not a shopping spree No more being passive with tyrannical anomalies I am just an animal who's rabid when it's off the leash So cancel me and do us all a solid man All I'm trying to do is wave a fucking olive branch I like to think that life is like a lava lamp And empires rise and fall as Merkaba's laugh So cancel me or I'ma flip the hourglass The time has come to take the fucking power back And no one has the right to tell you how to act Colder than a miracle on ice and you can count on that now why is it that we're so worried?
asset that we're lost in the spectrum of decline when we can actually find that each and every one of us has it within us to live together in harmony. It doesn't matter what political spectrum you come from or what religion you come from. We all seem to like one another face to face. It's only when the BS or the belief system step in the way that we start to argue, we start to fight, or we're led to do the wrong thing for the right reasons. Joel McClure, better known the world over as Erroneous Method. After a long five-year hiatus, Shut Up Joel is back, and the world has changed. My opinions have changed. The motley crew of characters surrounding me has changed. But somehow, I'm still asking the same set of questions. Dissecting the world in a Spock-like manner that leaves people often telling me to shut up Joel. I'm going to try my best to do just that tonight, as I steer my guest through a series of interview questions designed to get to know him or her better. When we've gotten a good grasp on who our guest is, I'm going to shift the topic over to the political landscape and let my guest take the reins. So shut up, Joel. I'm very excited to have an alchemical lyricist with a relentless delivery and a raw, vulnerable style that transmutes the great mystery, bridging the gaps between countercultures and alternate dimensions, opening new rabbit holes. My guest channels modern mysticism through hip-hop. His music encapsulates complex ideas with distilled simplicity, deeply rooted in the underground, with a vision for innovation and genre-bending potentiality. He uses humor and paradox to explore radical ideas and ponder paranormal possibilities. The one and only Rhyme Wave. How are you doing tonight, sir? Oh, I'm doing amazing. How are you doing? I am fabulous. You yeah, know, thanks for having that, me on the show. Yeah, thank you for being here. I'm really glad you're here. The fact that we're having this conversation is almost synchronistic. Uh, the fact that I got exposed to your music had started with listening to Rebunk News with Scott Armstrong. His podcast sent this, uh, I sent him this message right off the bat. And he was like, uh, you know, I like what you do. Uh, he checked out my music and said, hey, man, you should check out this guy, Rhyme Wave. And I did. And I've become a huge fanboy of your music. So, you know, <laughs> thanks for being here. Dude, for sure. And it's funny because I'm pretty sure he sent me your link that same day and I've been bumping your tunes ever since as well. So, yeah, it's it's pretty cool uh, how this this podcast community connects people, you know, even even hip hop artists. And uh, yeah, all the love to Scott, man, that dude's that dude's amazing. Yeah, you know, he's joked too. Like, I don't know if half these people are robots or not, but I still talk to him. And that's awesome. That's awesome that he has the fortitude to just like chat with <laughs> anybody. I mean, he didn't know me. So it's great that right off the bat, he was just very humble, you know, a very humble guy. And so I, I'm glad I got to discover your music. And I'm glad I get to have a conversation with you today. How did you get started in music? Oh, man, I I kind of feel like music found me, man. Uh, when I was when I was a kid, I just kind of became obsessed with music. And this was back in the 90s, you know, when the Internet wasn't really a thing. So I just kind of got like super into the radio and buying CDs and, you know, really just kind of listening to whatever was popular. Um, and then, you know, right around. Uh, let's see. So I started playing piano when I was like seven. 
Um, I wanted to play guitar, but my mom made said, if you want to play guitar, you got to play piano first. So I played piano from like seven until like 13, 14. And then I started playing guitar and, uh, and then I discovered underground hip hop, uh, right around the time that I was starting high school and I was living in the twin cities. Um, twin cities is a really big underground hip hop hub. The rhyme sayers crews from there, like atmosphere, brother Ali, um, idea and abilities. And I just like, just knew that this was like the best shit out there. As soon as I heard it, I was like, this is what I need to be doing. And just started writing rhymes. And I'd already been writing songs, you know, since I was playing guitar and piano and stuff. I wasn't ever really that into the lessons. I was more so just wanting to create my own songs. And so from a very young age, I was like writing my own songs. And then when I discovered underground hip hop, I kind of shifted to writing rhymes um shortly after started making beats and now you know about 20 years later uh still doing both and uh focusing on on the hip-hop i do play a few instruments and um i love all all different types of music i mean i've went through phases where i was like you know going to jam band shows going to see fish and you know i've went through phases where i was going to a bunch of EDM shows. I got really into bluegrass when I was in Colorado. Um, and, you know, hip hop's always kind of been been my favorite. But, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely draw from a wide range of influences. And I think maybe that's why my stuff's so weird and unlike other rappers, I guess, or so I've been told. Um, but yeah, man, music's always been like kind of the most important thing in my life. And just recently, have really started putting more energy into it and trying to focus on turning it into, uh, you know, some kind of a, a career, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, man, that's, that's kind of like, I guess where, how me and music go together. So you mentioned the rapper atmosphere in your music and just now, and at yep. one point in the track, Geronimo, I believe it is. Um, Oh, I yeah. have an odd spiritual connection with Atmosphere as a rapper. I heard him for the first time in 2018 on, on a bus to Tennessee. I was headed down there to record an album, but I was battling depression and thinking of taking my own life. Atmosphere's music turned me around along with the music of Brother Ali. Nice. Is there any music other than that that has brought you back from a place of darkness? And do you struggle with your emotional states? Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, I think... Uh... I mean, as you say that, I'm just thinking about how like making music, you know, really helps me with that and how um, I sometimes joke around. It's like, I don't I don't think I'd still be here if it wasn't for the music creation and just, you know, that that cathartic release that you get, um, you know, of emotions that sometimes you can't explain and the only way to uh get them out is to put them in the music but in terms of like other people's music that's helped me for sure the the early hip-hop that i um came across i think idea and abilities um was really the thing that kind of like broke my brain i mean atmosphere as well but idea for some reason i just like could not get enough of him and um you know, so sad that he passed away, but I still listen to him all the time. And I wish he had more music out there. I'm just just waiting for the day they they drop a secret album. Um, but yeah, I would say like within the the hip hop world, um, yeah, a lot of those guys. Aesop Rock also has been an artist that's that's really 
kind of um, shown me that it's okay to be on the fringe with this music. It's okay to make super complex, weird shit that a lot of people aren't going to understand. And that if you just kind of like stick with it, uh, you'll, you'll find some people that are, that are into what you're doing. Um, but you know, a lot of other music too, will help me through those, those tough emotional states. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of just like super chill, like instrumental electronic music, almost like, you know, meditation music, um, or like lo-fi hip hop beats. I mean, I think the, the music you listen to can really affect your mood. So, I mean, if you're just listening to like hardcore heavy shit all day long, it's probably not going to help you, you know, work through the wide range of emotions. It might help with, with some stuff. Likewise, if you're always listening to super chill shit, you know, you're never getting into the more intense music. Um, you're only experiencing a, a small slice of the emotion uh, the, that music uh, affords us, you know, as listeners. So, um, yeah, I'm always on the search. And, and really, when songs hit me, like, I would say maybe, like, you know, 10, 15 times in my life, I've listened to a song that, like, made me tear up. And, like, I don't know exactly why, but it just, it hits something. And there's just, there's something magical about music where sometimes it'll just hit you in the right way. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think of like a specific song, but that's, yeah, hopefully that kind of, uh, answers your question. No, that's a fabulous answer. Um, like myself, you often use the Orwellian construct in your music as a backbone for this universe you've created. What exposed you to George Orwell? What do you like about George Orwell? What do you dislike about George Orwell? You know, I don't honestly even remember when I first came across Orwell, but, um, and, and I don't even know if I, if I really took it that seriously in the beginning, you know, because, you know, four or five years ago before COVID, I think a lot of us were, um, you know, living a little bit more comfortably and, uh, maybe a bit more complacent within the system, you know, thinking like, uh, oh, it's not that bad, you know, like, oh, whatever, this, there's corruption, and it's, you know, obviously controlled. I mean, I've, I've kind of been aware of, of this stuff for a while, but um, honestly, didn't take it like, super seriously in terms of um, looking into the Orwell, the origins of his text and, and all of that. But um, Orwell is kind of an anomaly, because I mean, I, I think it's, it's anyone's guess whether or not he uh, he was really trying to warn people or if he somehow knew about something and, you know, was a part of it. I, I like to think that he was, you know, genuinely warning people. But when you look into a lot of these, um, these figures, whether it's somebody like him or even, you know, somebody like, uh, you know, Terrence McKenna or Timothy Leary or, um, you know, some of these other authors that, that we look to that, that were kind of quote unquote exposing, um, things that could happen in the future, it, it kind of seems like some of it could be like uh, predictive programming type stuff where they're actually trying to see those ideas into the collective consciousness so that people would be, um, you know, shifted towards that future. So I would say that's kind of like, 
you know, the things I don't like about s some of these people, including Orwell, is like when you really look into like the communities that they're a part of and the people they're associating with and, um, you know, their their personal lives and stuff like that. It's like they were kind of like elite, rich, you know, privileged people that, you know, very well may have been a part of these secret societies and could have actually been, um, you know, doing some sort of predictive programming through these books. Um, however, I have to take it at face value as a warning. And there's just way too much, uh, you know, perfect content to, to pull from the texts. And uh, I do have that the clip of the interview um, on the last song of my new album. And um, so yeah, I'll continue using audio clips from people that I, I may or may not know exactly what their motives are if if the clip works but um yeah that's i guess kind of where i stand on our will that's an excellent answer as well man like um i guess have your ideas ever caused conflict with your friends or loved ones around you my ideas definitely have uh, my music hasn't that much surprisingly and that's funny because like I put most of my ideas into my music, but I, I think it's why I choose to communicate these deep ideas in that way is it's a little bit more friendly. And yeah. I, I, I tell people it's like, you know, no one's ever convinced of anything through an argument and um, you know, ultimately the best way for us to, um, communicate controversial ideas to me seems like through art because like I'm I'm generally not going to listen to podcasts that I don't agree with unless I'm like super interested in hearing another opinion I'm probably not going to read a lot of books that I don't like agree with the content I mean I, I try to I try to take in a wide range of things but I mean we're all kind of in our own little uh reality tunnels you know whether it's through social media or the algorithms and we kind of listen to what we like so um i realized with music it's like you can make a beat you can make a song that people will like they might not agree with all the lyrics but it doesn't matter and i don't agree with all of the the views of the artists that i appreciate and um so yeah it's kind of this beautiful thing where like I, I do have some pretty radical controversial ideas that a lot of my friends and family might not agree with. And we do have those conversations and um, I've gotten a lot better at having those conversations. And I think that, um, you know, I have a lot more space for that now and just like understanding, um, you know, coming to terms with people agree to disagree type type. Uh, but I, I love the fact that I can put all these crazy ideas in my songs and people will listen to them, even if they maybe wouldn't listen to me just like talking about the thing. So um, one last thought on that is the the song that I sent you. I think you you played at the beginning um, transformation. When I when I first wrote that song, I was really excited about it. I knew it was a banger. I was like, this this is the track. But I was really afraid to perform it because it was right in the middle of COVID. And I was like, I'm going to piss some people off. I'm, I just know it. I just know it. I'm going to be performing this for people that are wearing masks. I'm going to be performing this at venues, you know, that might not be in agreement. Um, and let's see what happens. And I started performing it. And to this day, not a single person has come up to me and told me that song offended them or you know, made them feel weird. There was one person that came up to me and said, 
you know, I don't really agree with all your views, but I really love your music. And that was probably one of the dopest compliments I've ever received. So, um, yeah, putting it out there has kind of shown me that it's okay to, uh, you know, make music that people might not agree with the lyrical content as long as life, you know, through a normal conversation. We lost you there for a second, but, oh. um, uh, you, uh, yeah, I, I don't exactly know where you dumped out, but I, I guess we're just going to move on. Uh, yeah, are no you worries. a man of faith? Do you have any faith? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, typically when people ask me this question, I say that I, I appreciate all religions, you know, when I, when I really take the time to look into religions um in any kind of depth i find things that i appreciate i find things that i identify with i find great lessons i also find some bullshit you know and for that reason i don't i wouldn't say that you know i'm a part of any particular faith i think um to me it seems weird to put a label on it just because i don't think i'll ever really know i think that's kind of like part of the great mystery as part of the the lifelong quest and the search for meaning and purpose is just kind of like that understanding that there is something greater than ourselves that you know divinity exists in this realm and that it's okay to not know what it is it's okay to not you know put put a label or a name on it or say you know this is the correct way to worship this is the correct way you know, to, to live your life. Um, I think a lot of that is just intuitive for me. And, you know, spirit is very intuitive as well. It just makes sense. Um, I, I will say I did go through a little phase in my life when I was pretty hardcore atheist. Um, I think that was mostly during like late high school, uh, college, I, you know, I was pretty, yeah, I wasn't really thinking much about spirit. Um, in those years. And then it, it was really around the time that I kind of started doing more and, um, you know, seeing some of these other, other realms within our, within our brains or minds, wherever they're coming from. Um, when I realized, Oh, wow, like there's definitely something out there that I can't explain. That's, you know, from a completely different place and but it, it seems that it's you know it's here to teach me you know it's something that I'm meant to connect with um and you know it's funny you ask this question too because I'm 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 sitting in an ayahuasca ceremony tomorrow uh so I'm kind of in the in the thick of the the dieta and the the preparation for that um which is it's not as crazy as most people think it's actually pretty simple it's just you know kind of slowing down and, uh, you know, simplifying things. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, I would call that, uh, you know, sort of engagement, a communion with, with spirit. Um, but I don't, I don't feel like I need to define it and I don't, uh, I don't feel like I need to like, um, plant my flag, you know, with, with any particular spiritual 
group. Um, but yeah, definitely a man of faith, I would say. So you mentioned collective consciousness earlier. Do you believe in collective consciousness and how would you define it? Well, I think, you know, collective consciousness, it could be looked at in a couple different ways. I think the first thing that came to mind was like, um, you know, almost like the, the Akashic records or Indra's net or this, um, you know, esoteric grid that connects us all through the spirit world. Um, you know, that's kind of like the exciting kind of mystical side of collective consciousness that I, I like to think about. But then I think on a more basic level, you know, collective consciousness can just refer to culture, you know, can just refer to um, cultural trends that can that can shift and change over time. And, um, you know, it can be manipulated like propaganda and, um, you know, different forms of programming can shift the collective consciousness in different directions. And that's that's kind of, I think, how I was referring to it. But I, I really do believe that there is this like deep connection that we all have. I think we're all telepathic. You know, I think that we're much more connected with each other than than most people think. And that, you know, we we've kind of just lost touch with it over time. Uh, but it's it's something that will always be there that we can tap into. You mentioned in your music, one of my favorite lines that you have, you said, uh, we charge intention in the Herkimers. Do you believe in intention? And what does intention mean to you? Oh, yeah, man, I love that. And and you caught the the Herkimer. I'm talking about the uh, diamond, right? Yeah, Herkimer, okay, New York. I'm, I'm from Canandaigua, New York. So that's just a few hours away and I vacation there. And there's definitely some energy to those stones. I don't believe yeah. in this kind of thing normally. But that is a very specific thing, something about it. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff I write, it's not necessarily meant to be taken 100% literally, but but that is a thing like people will, you know, charge, they'll try to charge their crystals with their intentions. And I think, you know, intention, it's it's a really weird thing, because it's almost like, it, it's based on your belief. So so if you believe that this intention is important, then it is if you don't, then it's not. And intention only works. If, if you are um, if you're on board with, with that whole process of, um, you know, like having a goal, having an idea and then focusing on that and then using that focus to manifest that thing in real life. Um, and, you know, I think that that line, that line comes from, uh, this little quartz crystal that I'll sometimes carry around with me. And I've actually had it at pretty much every show that I've performed pretty much every time I've like went to another country on a trip, like every ceremony that I've sat in, it's kind of like my special little crystal that I'll just like bring around with me. It's just a little pocket rock, you know, it's not that big. Um, and so that, that's kind of like, I guess what I was referring to, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, well, I guess we'll probably never know. Maybe at some point they'll be able to like, you know, figure out if we can, do that but it also kind of like harkens to the uh the research that they've done with like um you know people will meditate on different words or intentions uh around water and then they'll study the water 
and they'll yeah. see different crystal patterns, you know, that you could, you could say were like more, more beautiful or, um, you know, pretty for, for the, the times that they're meditating on love and peace. And then, you know, more erratic and like disorganized patterns for when they were meditating on more negative stuff. So, um, yeah, I think in, intention, it's, it's a very deep thing. And, once again, it's funny you bring that up because a big part of these these plant medicine ceremonies is setting your intention and you, um, you know, you're generally advised to go into the ceremony with an intention what you're seeking and that could literally be anything, you know, it could it's whatever, whatever you want to ask the spirit, you know, you set your intention and you go into that ceremony meditating on that intention and that will, um, you know, generally uh, bring you some answers regarding that thing. So, um, yeah, that's that's really cool that that you uh, you caught that line. Yeah, I like I like that concept. You talk about uh, you know having this crystal that you carry with you to each show. You know, I got a while back. I got this ring. It's a silver ring, and it has on it um, uh, uh, the. Uh, the calendar of the the Mayan people. Uh, oh, nice! And it's just like a silver ring, right? And I I always kind of wore it at special occasions, right? It's like a magic ring, like yep. put it on at special times. But I don't I don't play with these ideas usually. It's just a thought experiment. A few right. years back, I started to learn about reality transurfing, and so I started to play with those ideas and mix them with ideas like stick the ring on before you go into the shower and have mix it with water, metal. You know what I mean? Like these, so I, I like that you brought up water, the, like the water concept as well. You know, I don't know. They're just yeah. thought experiments, but it's the idea of adding intention to these, like, you know, take a glass of water and fill it up and be like, you know, successful, unsuccessful, you know, pour one from to the other. You're, you're adding an intention and a charge to this idea. Is it going to work? Maybe, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 you don't know, like, you know, it's, it, but it could, it, it's, it all could be in the mind. And that's one of those ideas I really I enjoy playing with is like these mind experiments. For me, that's kind of what faith is. It, it doesn't necessarily have to go much deeper than that sometimes you know what i mean like yeah um I'm, I'm interested to hear more about that you said reality transurfing i've never heard of that oh it's just the idea that maybe maybe just maybe you can change the realities around you by changing perception and using intention oh, yeah. um so it, it's kind of like a uh shifting from one reality to the next with your mind. Uh, literally saying, you know, I'm moving, you know, I go into the shower, for instance, and I have uh, my silver ring and I, I put my mm -hmm. hand to the water, kind of like a, um, a, a Christian would baptize themselves. And I say, you know, yeah. I'm in this moment, I'm phasing from this reality. I'm walking out of this reality. And when I walk out of the shower, I'm going to be in a new reality. And yeah. these are the things I'm going to change today. You know what I mean? And then I might name my three things. And sure, this might be close to like something like somebody would do in the secret or whatever. But for me, it's just a simple ritual to kind of like, what yeah. am I going to focus on today? You know, where, where am I going forward? You know, like. Totally. Dude, it's so funny that you just said the secret. I'm, I'm getting some telepathic connections with you right now. I was just thinking about that and how I was like, oh, I got to add a caveat because like, I, I love, you know, all the magical thinking and, you know, the setting of intention and all that stuff. But I, I really believe that, you know, you got to do the work. And when yeah. I see people trying to manifest things in their life and not putting in the work and, 
you know, these, these levels of magical thinking, um, that, you know, just assume that, you know, oh, the universe must just be there to help me. And, you know, I just need to think about things and then they'll come into my life and who knows, maybe that's true. But I, I've found that if I put in the work, things will come to me. And if I set the intention before I do the work, then they'll come even quicker. So I think that's an important part of the process. And I think most people understand that. But sometimes with like modern new age culture, I mean, I live in Portland, Oregon, and it's, you know, it's thick. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of a lot of people trying to manifest things in their life without putting in the work. And I, I always just like to throw that out there. Yeah, I I've, I'm, I was not familiar with this kind of community, right? Like uh, the mystical side of things have always been kind of uh, aloof to me, right? I kind of mocked them when I was younger. I was very science driven. It's yeah. a new thing for me to be kind of open to these ideas. And I don't try to take them too seriously. For me, it's mostly a thought experiment. But right. since you did talk about like solutions, like putting in the work, doing the work, what are some solutions like for younger people around us, right? So maybe some people who are entrenched into this woke idea ideology what could somebody do to kind of like bring themselves up out of what we've been taught as a society and better ourselves you know i think it depends what you want in in this life and i think you know everybody wants different things sometimes we don't know what we want sometimes we think we want one thing and then we we get it and we're like oh i didn't actually want that but you know depending on what you're what you're trying to manifest in your life, it's it's definitely going to dictate the type of work that you need to put in. But I would say, you know, regardless of those factors, you know, um, we're all going to be best doing things we enjoy, um, not things that other people tell us that we should do, or, you know, following a certain path that was laid out for us, you know, by the education system, or the culture that we're a part of. And, um, I think I think one of the biggest things that I think is holding people back these days is um, we've gotten very soft and, you know, we're really, really good at pleasing each other and being being nice to each other. And, you know, this this people pleasing where like, I don't want to offend anyone. Like, you know, I can't tell people how I really think, how I really feel. Um, I've, I've seen it so much, you know, over the last few years where. I know people don't agree with what's going on, but they won't talk about it because they're worried that, you know, whatever, some scenario is going to happen because they actually reveal how they really feel. So I'd say like, yeah, just like find something that you love. Chances are, if you love it, you're probably going to be pretty good at it. And just don't afraid to like ruthlessly be yourself and just trust that that authenticity and that vulnerability is going to lead to success in, you know, whichever vocation you you choose, you know, whether it's a career, or even if it's just a, a creative hobby, um, you know, and with the music, in particular, I think, you know, for musicians listening to this, like, I always say, like, it's, it's okay to like, sound like your influences, like people tell me all the time, like, Oh, you sound like idea, you sound like Aesop rock, and those are my favorite MCs. That's a huge compliment. I don't like take I don't, i'm not like oh man i need to like sound less like them like when i hear that i'm like dope that's fucking sick like i <laughs> i love the fact that you think i sound like them but the reason i sound like them is not because i'm necessarily trying to sound like them it's because i have listened to so much of their music over the years that it's just rubbed off on me so that's you know it, it that's i guess like a little piece of advice for musicians is like um 
it's it's okay to to sound like your influences, but don't try super hard just to be like them. Because the thing that people really identify with in art, I think, is is authenticity and and things that are original and new and fresh and and stuff that feels real, um, stuff that you know seems like it's coming from a real place. And if you're just trying, if you're just going out, you know, trying to be somebody else, trying to you know copy someone else's flows or um, you know take take from someone else's art and make it your own, uh, not trusting yourself, not trusting in your own you know, creative spark. Um, I think that's, that's a little bit of a, a trap that some people can get into. So um, yeah, I think that answers the question. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to me about your creation process. I'm an artist, obviously, I'm very interested in how people create. I've always described my music as coming directly downloaded to my brain and fully formed. How do you come up with your ideas? What kind of uh, setting do you work with when you write? You know, it's definitely shifted over the years. Um, you know, as I've started to take my music more seriously, I feel like that that process is, has become a little bit more intentional. Um, when I was younger, you know, I'd just write rhymes whenever I had time and, um, you know, whenever I was bored or didn't have something else to do. And, you know, every once in a while I'd, um, you know, stop what I was doing to, to, to write, but generally it was just kind of like, Oh, got nothing else to do right now. Like let's, let's write some rhymes and, or make some beats. Um, and then, you know, as I got more into it, it took me a while to actually like form songs, you know, it took me like almost five 10 years because I started writing when I was like 14, 15. It wasn't until like, you know, maybe 22, 23, 24 when I was like actually making, you know, full songs with like verses and hooks and like recording them. So it, it took a long time to get to that point. And I think that that definitely shifted the process a little bit because then, you know, as you're writing, as you're making these beats, you're not just thinking about creating a little thing in the moment, you're thinking about a bigger a bigger thing that this is going to be a part of and you know that turns into a process and then um you know collaborating with other people that definitely shifts the process as well because when other people come into the equation you know you have to work with with their style but um just you know for myself on a basic level with like ideas and you know how i get my ideas um honestly most of the time when i when i sit down and i start writing i just have a very vague idea about what i'd like to write about and and then as i start writing then that idea becomes more defined and um i definitely agree with you that a lot of times it feels like channeling i'll i'll read something after i wrote it and be like i don't know where that came from uh a really cool thing i, I think i've probably mentioned this on another podcast just because it's so funny but sometimes i'll be writing and i'll be like trying to think of a rhyme you know because as an mc it's like we spend a lot of times just like racking our brain just thinking okay like what rhymes with this what rhymes with that what rhymes with this and sometimes i'll think of a word that rhymes that I, I know the word but i don't necessarily know what it means exactly and i'm like ooh, that seems like it would work and then i'll look it up i'll like you know look it up online to see what's the definition of this word and it fits perfect and that's like one of the coolest moments when you're writing when you you have this thought and you're like i think that works and then you like look up what does this word actually mean like what's like the the third line down in the, like the dick you know the dictionary and and it works perfect so you know that's just like a little piece of evidence i i could say that like we are being 
you know, uh, sense some kind of transmission in this creative process. And I don't think that's like a new idea. A lot of people talk about that. But um, one other thing I'll say is just that I think like you can kind of set yourself up for success in that process, you know, so by kind of like, almost like a psychedelic journey, they say, you know, set the set and setting, you know, it's like the, the mindset and the environment is really important to that journey. And same thing with the musical journey, when you're creating, you know, your mindset is important. Like if I'm making music, and I just drank four or five beers, it's, it's not going to be the same as if I'm making music, and I have a clear mind, and you know, I have energy or, you know, so just picking the right times. And you know, as you um, as you make more art and have more time to make art, then you can kind of like cater towards that. But I'm trying to get to a point now where it's more like I'm I'm making the music when I want to when I'm inspired and not just like when I have the time because it's it's tough. Like sometimes you, you can't do that. Sometimes I'm, I'm inspired when I'm out working, you know, doing yard work, you know, uh, from home. And all I can do is take some notes in my phone. You know, so like creating those moments where I can feel inspired at home and trying to figure out like, you know, how can I set myself up for success so that when I do have the time to make the music, then um, I'm inspired. And and just a couple like little things would just be like, yeah, just like trying to take care of myself, like spend time in nature, like, you know, just not be on my phone all the time, like, you know, just just living a life where you're going to be more inspired so that when you have the time to make the music that those transmissions come through more clearly. That's yeah, that hits the nail on the head, man. I like that. Um, yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, if you improve your process, you're going to become a better person, right? You're going to be, become a better artist. And if you're walking away and spending some time in nature, you're going to feel better as a human being. So Definitely. yeah, I mean, yeah, that you nailed it. Like, um, I, I, you know, I personally haven't, I, I don't spend a lot of time on the writing process. Do you spend a lot of time on the writing process? It sounds like you, you kind of spend some time with your lyrics. Oh yeah. Yeah. I probably spend more time than anybody I know. And I think it actually kind of like surprises some of my collaborators, like how long it takes me to write a verse. Cause like I'll sometimes be hanging out with friends and we're like, writing together like we're like making a song and we're all writing and i'll i'll get like two to four bars out and they're already done with their 16 and you know i got another buddy who he can write like 32 bars in the time that it takes me to write like four to eight and i try not to like think about that too much because i don't really i don't know i, I don't ever hear people talking about that like oh this artist it takes them this long to create their art and this artist it takes them this long it's like i don't think people really care how long it takes you to make it. it that's more of a personal thing where like I need to feel like I did a good job but I think the reason why it takes me so long to write verses and, and don't get me wrong I'm getting quicker like now I can like write a verse you know in an hour if I'm like really focused or sometimes even a little bit quicker is um, I really do try to use new words as much as I can I try to think of new rhymes, I, I try to put a lot of thought into the words that I choose. And if if I write something, and I think it's like, Oh, I've said this before, what's a different way to say it, you know, so sometimes it'll take me five, 10 minutes just to write a bar, you know, just because not necessarily because I can't think of the rhyme, like I've got the rhyme, but I just don't know what I want to say before that. Um, and then, you know, when you add in like, 
you know, wordplay and, you know, metaphors and punchlines and all these other things that us MCs, you know, try to sprinkle throughout our rhymes. Uh, that, that takes time as well, you know, thinking of all those. So sometimes I'll, I'll try to kind of come up with some ideas before I start writing where I'll sit down, I'll, I'll have like some notes. But if I'm just like sitting down to write a verse and I'm just like coming up with it in the moment, um, yeah, it'll usually take me like at least a half hour to an hour to write like a 16 bar verse. Um, that said, I've, I've tried to embrace a more um, fluid, quick style of writing. I've done some projects that are uh, more, you know, just kind of like fun little collaboration mixtape things with friends. And, um, you know, I try to embrace that. And like, I'm just going to like write a quick verse. And I don't care if I said something that I already said before. And I think that's important as well, you know, that stream of consciousness. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of how how my my process has evolved over the years. And um, yeah, I guess it's probably one of the reasons why like my my lyrics are so dense and layered. And, you know, I, I use vocabulary that other people don't because I, I just I spend a lot of time thinking about it and trying to make it, you know, super special and unique. I love that answer. That's yeah, that's great. 20 years ago, I had a very similar ideology of like not repeating myself and then slowly kind of evolved into almost having like an arsenal of similar ideas and concepts and being okay with just like having this, uh, you know, like I didn't want to fall into like, you know, get stuck on a shelf or put into this category box when I was younger. And yeah. that ended up actually happening anyway. And I'm okay with it, right? Like, I found myself in a surrounded and, and almost like a, you know, an echo chamber of myself. And yeah. I had to become okay with that and just become okay with becoming a character of myself. Do you ever find that you're kind of slipping into almost like a, a preset, you know, dynamic? In terms of like what I'm creating or in terms yeah, of like the, it, it, the like other people. Music. Yeah, your music. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think uh, so some of my favorite artists, like I, if I hear a new song of theirs, I know it's before I even see it's theirs, you know, like sometimes before, even with instrumental music with certain producers, like I just, I recognize the style and like for sure with MCs, you know, I, I recognize people's voices you know, if I've heard if I've heard a couple songs, I'm going to remember your voice. So I think there's something to be said about, you know, having a signature style and not being afraid to have your stuff sound kind of similar. I mean, uh, it's it's a great way to establish your brand as an artist is kind of like this is this is my style, you know, and, you know, if you're listening to my music, you're going to get this kind of vibe. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't push ourselves outside of that but it's more like it's it's okay if like if you listen to one of your new songs and you're like oh this kind of sounds like the old one that's fine because people that like the old one are gonna like the new one and as long as you're not trying to recreate something like like all oh, that song did really well so i'm just gonna try to make something else just like that um into like you know using similar ideas using similar sounds like a lot of my beats I'll, I'll use similar instruments um you know a lot of my songs will gravitate around similar ideas I, I try to switch up the structure of the songs that's one thing where i'm like i don't want to be super cookie cutter with like all my songs are just like verse chorus verse chorus like i try to have some that are longer verses or some that don't have a chorus or yeah somewhere i'm singing somewhere i'm not singing um so 
always trying to switch it up, but also like not afraid to lean into like what some people might call the signature style and knowing the importance of that. Yeah, the structure of your music is very, uh, you know, you, you put some time into that. You can tell. Um, I think lyrically, you put some time into your lyrics. You can tell. You know, that's why I asked you about that, because um, it's very evident, right? You know, I'm known for uh, kind of using big words. I shared your music with somebody else, and they were like, hey, that's very similar to what you do. And I was like, nah, not even nice. close. You know, because <laughs> I don't think so, you know, because your stuff is much deeper. You know, you have a, they were like, it's very similar to what you I was like, no, no, listen to the, you know, because rap fans are going to get that cadence they're going to hear it differently right, right. um do, is, are there any other than like you know you've mentioned some people you're really into but is there anybody like on a local level somebody that you've actually worked with that you find appealing uh lyrically or uh producer wise uh, that you know you want to throw props to oh yeah dude absolutely i so just to give a little bit of a background so like i moved to the pacific northwest in 2018 didn't know anyone and i moved out here for a, a job in the canada um and i basically told myself I, I was in colorado and i wasn't really doing much with my music in terms of like performing i was i was making music you know making beats writing rhymes but i wasn't really putting it out there hadn't released anything in years. And I was like, you know what, I, I'm going to, I'm going to put more time into this. So I moved to Portland and I just started going to a bunch of open mics and got some shows through that. And now, uh, you know, four or five years later, I've, I've managed to link up with like some of the dopest MCs I've ever known. And, and really like they've turned into some of my favorite artists and favorite people and best friends. Um, so I just feel like super blessed in that sense that, you know, after, you know, 20 years of making this music that something, you know, something happened where I was able to connect with with all these artists. And I think it was me putting myself out there more. But I don't know, something about it, it feels kind of mysterious and, and serendipitous, you know, how it all happened. But yeah, a couple like artists so like I'm in the um, kin of Merlin. And it's like a 10 plus MC super group that we just formed within the last year. We've been playing some shows this year and like everybody in that group is super dope. Um, and I'm in this other group with my homie, Adam Cedar. His music's amazing. Uh, let's see. I got this homie, Rob the Universe, who lives out here. Um, the the people in the kin of Merlin, um, like Elemental, Emily Raw, uh, Torin Frost, um, Chiroglyphs. Um, you know, we've got we've got a a pretty dope little group uh, out here, and you know, it, it's something I I've often wondered, like because I I've linked up with all these MCs that I I love their music, I love collaborating with them and performing with them. Sometimes I'm like you know, should I be branching out more? Like, should I be like trying to connect with other hip hop artists that like aren't as similar to what I'm doing? And um, I, I always just kind of come back to like, I just, I just got to gravitate towards the stuff that I really vibe with. And like, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of interest in collaborating and playing shows with artists that I don't really like what they're doing. And it's not to say I would say no, to an opportunity um but 
yeah, man, I've just been super lucky to, to connect with all these MCs. Um, and in terms of producers, um, not so much like, like hip hop producers per se, but there's a couple more like EDM type producers. Um, one, one of my homies who lives down in Eugene, Oregon, hopeful child makes some really good beats. And, uh, we got a few tracks that we're working on together that should hopefully be out. Um, and man, I know I'm forgetting someone, but yeah, that's, that's a nice little list for people to to look into, but check out my side projects, uh, Kenna Merlin and Mike, Mike I only got one song out with Mike Atropics, but Kenna Merlin, we just released like a full album. Um, and I'm on like six of the 10 songs. That's awesome, man. Uh, where else can the people find you? Uh, where's your music available? What websites do you have? Uh, can, are you available to speak to online? Yeah, absolutely. I would say uh, best place to find me is just like wherever you listen to your music. I'm on all the streaming sites. Um, I typically try to direct people towards Bandcamp, um, but you can find me on Spotify, iTunes, wherever else. I have a Patreon where I do uh, exclusive songs that you can't find anywhere else. So I think right now there's like maybe 15 songs on there that are just kind of like unreleased b-sides so like if you're really into my music and you, you listen to my whole catalog and you want some more sign up for the patreon for five bucks i just dropped a song on there the other day that's a brand new one that i like just made and super stoked on it um but yeah i'm on instagram that's kind of like where i typically post about events if people are in the pacific northwest or even if you're not uh, i might be coming to a city near you i'm i'm starting to branch out this year we just did a little little mini tour in northern california and i played some shows in mexico earlier in the year and going to play a festival in st louis in a couple weeks um but then lots of events in the oregon washington and um yeah i would say that's probably probably the easiest way to connect with me would be on Instagram. If, if you want to like send me a message, um, but also, yeah, just wherever you listen to your music. And I always say that, you know, the best thing you can do for me is to just bump my tunes. And if you like them, share them with your friends and come check out a show if you're able to. Um, but I'm just, I'm just uh, always so happy when people take the time just to check it out. I'm so glad you came and joined me today. This has been an excellent conversation. Have a great night, man. Shut up, Joel!